Welcome to your Life by Design podcast, the show that will have you seeing how magical you truly are so you can start designing a desired and fulfilled life. Hi, I'm Karen Galway, a certified human design reader, a 6-3 manifesting generator, and an energetic embodiment coach who is completely obsessed with helping you step out from your shadows and leap into your light. And in true 6-3 manifesting generator form, this podcast will not just be about human design, but rather the tools you need to call in the desires in all areas of your life. View it as your tool book, not your rule book. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. This podcast is for the women who are ready to become paradigm shifters, subconscious mind wizards, and healers of their own life. They are ready to rediscover themselves so that they can fully show up as who they came here to be and live a life by their design. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to your life by design. I wanted to spend some time simplifying human design for you. This was this idea for this episode came after a conversation I had with a friend who we've talked a lot about human design. I've walked her through human design and she recently told me that she still feels very overwhelmed with her human design chart. And the last thing I want someone to feel is overwhelmed when it comes to human design, because when you feel overwhelmed, your mind is not going to attach any value to it. It's not going to feel free or clear. Two things have to happen for your mind to attach value to something. One, your mind has to see that it's good to have done. It is good to have done and possible to do. So if your mind doesn't see that something is good to have done, or if your mind doesn't feel like it is possible to do, it will not attach value. When your mind attaches value to something, it'll eventually attach interest and appeal. And so when you're feeling overwhelmed, your mind is not going to attach any value because it doesn't feel like it's good to do. It's not good to take on something else when you're feeling overwhelmed. And it may not even feel possible to do because you have so much on your plate. And so it just won't. It would be one of those things where it might just constantly be going one ear out the other, right? Like the Charlie Brown teacher that wah wah. <laughs> when because your mind is not attaching value to it. So in order for your mind to feel free and clear, in order for you to attach interest and have appeal towards something, your mind has to see that it's good to have done and possible to do. And what I want to do is simplify human design so your mind can get behind that it's good to know this and possible to know this. And we do that by simplifying human design. Now, I will be the first one to tell you human design, or maybe not the first one, but I will say human design is a massive tool, a massive tool. And I've taken a certification program in it. I am a certified human design reader through the Human Design Academy. And I did that, I believe it was two years ago when I started the process. And it was, the course was created that if someone wanted to do it within a few weeks, like spending a few hours each weekend, they could really, they can go through it and complete the modules and everything and and, um, do the submissions for it. I took nine months to do it because I'm also a speech therapist. This wasn't my only job is learning human design. I have two kids, I'm married. I have a lot of hats that I wear. So I took my time, but I also had a lot of integration time where I would learn a certain thing 
And then, okay, let's, let me embody this. Let me integrate this. I didn't want to just rush through it just for the sake of rushing through it. Although I would take as much as I wanted to learn. So if I wanted to learn about human design types and centers and not about the gates, I would just do that, do a few readings, integrate it, come back and learn more. So I took my time. It took nine months. So when I'm doing a human design reading with someone and we're in a 90 minute reading, I don't expect you to learn everything and absorb everything. Your, your mind cannot absorb 100% of everything. And we all know this. If you've taken any courses or professional seminar courses, there's only a certain percentage that your mind will retain. With that being said, that's why I give a blueprint and a recording of it so you can have access to reflect back to it. But I don't ever want human design to feel overwhelming. I don't ever want your subconscious mind to not see value in it because human design is a mat. It's not a, well, it is a massive tool, but human design is an incredible tool. It is a tool that allows you to really understand your purpose in this lifetime, to really understand your gifts, to really understand what you're here to do. It's what separates you from every other person there. Human design is your blueprint. And so, it's important to be able to know your human design. If you're wanting to have a shift, if you're wanting to expand, human design is going to be one of those tools that's going to help you. And so what I want to do is talk about three or four things. I think I have four here, four ways to simplify human design. So then you don't feel overwhelmed. Okay. So let's take an example of cleaning your room. You're probably someone who likes walking into a clean, organized room. You may be someone who doesn't like cleaning or organizing, right? The idea of having to do all the steps to put all the laundry away and declutter and dust and vacuum and make your bed and all that stuff seems probably seems like it's not possible to do. And so your mind doesn't attach value to it. But if you're able to take one step, okay, let's put your laundry away. It would be good to have done that and it's possible to do let's do it and then at that point you can reassess do i want to do the next thing or am i okay with that so what i want to do with human design is like peel it away and just take a couple things from it so you don't feel obligated to know everything but what are some heavy hitters that can allow you to begin to embody these gifts of who you are and what you're meant to do here so the first thing that I think it's really important is to know your human design type. We're not going to stop there. And I don't want you to stop there because there's only five types. There's over 7 billion people in the world. You are, you have more gifts and more uniqueness than any other person, right? Like we can't compare. It's like you have your thumbprint, right? You have your DNA, like that's your energetic blueprint. It is, it's, your uniqueness. And so if you stop yourself at a category where, you know, 32% of the population share that, where do your gifts come up? So it's important to know, but it's not the only thing you should know. So in the simplifying human design, I'm going to share some really big, I would imagine easy to understand concepts that actually can make some really powerful shifts when you look through that lens. We are going to stop it. Sorry, we are going to start with human design. What is your human design type? 
Are you a manifester, manifest and generator? Are you a generator, projector, reflector? And to find this, just go Google human design calculator. And then there's all kinds of websites that come up like Jovian Archive is one, Genetic Matrix is one, where you can just plug in your information and it comes up and you can see what you are. I have a few episodes already on this podcast where I dive deep into the human design type. So I'm not gonna spend that right now or I'm not gonna talk about that right now. But what I do wanna talk about is certain things that really define that type. And I want you to maybe sit, ponder, journal, whatever that work looks like for you to see how that feels to be that type, right? Like when I found out I was a manifesting generator, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. A, a big pillar about manifesting generators is that they're not meant to be linear. And they often feel conditioned that they have to be linear and pick a path. And there can be a lot of resistance around that because their energy might be wanting to guide them into something else, but that might be different from what they're doing and all this resistance can come up. But when you find out that you're a manifesting generator, that you're meant to follow that energy and that flow, and eventually it makes sense, then that deconditioning process can start. Same thing like with a projector. Projectors don't have that connection to that sacral energy to a, to a um, motor center. So they don't have that abundant sacral energy and they need a lot of rest. And I know people who are projectors who their mantra is success is in the rest. Like when they rest and honor their energy, they're more likely to have more success because there's less resistance. But the condition behind the projector is that they have to keep going and doing and doing and ignoring the rest because they feel like they have to hustle, right? So what does it feel like to be the type that you are? Does it resonate? How can you show up in that type a little bit more? How can, what happens when you don't show up as that? What are those life lessons that you've learned that you can reflect back on as reminders as to why it's important to honor your energy? So type is like the first thing I, it's important for you to know. And along with that is authority. So each type has a strategy and authority. If you want, you can learn your strategy too. I think authority authority helps for you to make those more aligned decisions, like your inner GPS that helps you guide to where you're going. There are five inner authorities and two external authorities that are more like environmental. And so find out what your authority is, because if you are someone that has, if you are a reflector, for example, and your authority is 28 days, which basically means you need time to make a decision, like a big decision, like a career change, a, a, a move, not something small, like what do you need for dinner, but like a big change, you need time because with the reflector, their decision-making process, their authority follows the phase of the moon. And each phase can impact the way that they feel about a decision. And so it's checking in with themselves. If we're going to get textbook, it's checking in with themselves throughout those 28 days. And then at the end, they're able to get more clarity on this decision. It doesn't necessarily have to be 28 days. It could also be like a couple of weeks, whatever feels right. And that's the other thing I forgot to mention at the beginning, like human design is not a science, you guys. It's not, it does use science. It does use like quantum physics and it has like psychology. So it does use some sciences, but it's not a science and it's not, this is textbook how it is. It's a lot, it's an experiment. So it's, it's very experiential. It's how does it feel? Does it resonate with you? If it doesn't resonate, 
it's okay. Maybe journal on like, why does it resonate? What part of it resonates? So it's how do you experiment with it? And through experimentation is when this embodiment piece comes in. It's when you're able to integrate it. So for me, with my authority, I am an emotional authority, which means I also have to take time to make a decision, not like a reflector. Mine is like probably a couple of days, but it's basically wanting to get to clarity in this decision. So when you have an emotional authority, there's an emotional wave, right? If you think of like an ocean with a wave, you have your peak and then you have your crash. A wave doesn't last forever. An emotion doesn't last forever. In your emotional wave, you can be at the high point of it and feel really good about something like you want to say yes or you can be at the low point of a way of this emotional wave and feel crappy about it and want to say no but clarity is when you get to that neutrality when you're able to get to where the wave settles out and so that happens over time whether you sleep on it you wait a couple of days and so because your solar plexus is located in your stomach like around your belly button area just above your belly button. For me, I feel it. And a lot of people who have an emotional authority will feel it in their stomach. And especially if you have even like a defined sacral with it, you might feel like this whirling sensation, right? Sacral and in and spleen and splenic authority are more like in the now. Splenic is more like intuitive knowing, whereas sacral is also a feeling, but it's like this feeling. So for me, I actually have a defined spleen, a defined sacral, and a defined solar plexus. So I have all three, but what I need to listen to is that solar plexus. So something might feel really good right now. And my sacral is, oh, this is amazing. And that could also be because my emotional wave, I'm at the high part, right? So I want to get to that neutrality. And I remember, I've shared the story before, especially when we talked about authority on the podcast, but I remember a few years ago, being being presented it was a couple of years ago being presented with an opportunity to join this business it was like a, a network marketing business that was starting from the ground up it was a business that had already been around for a while that people were already having success with but they were just changing the business model to a multi-level marketing model and i got swept up with following this projector i love projectors i feel like when they respond to something like they are like they have that success and i'm like oh well, this projector it's doing it then i'm gonna do it like it was i was making decisions externally not internally based on conditioning based on fear of missing out there was a lot of that conditioning and that programming around but i remember when she was talking to me about it my i always say like my sacral and my solar plexus flatlined <laughs> like i felt nothing and that should have been my cue right there but i decided to ignore it because I didn't want to miss out. And so what ended up happening was anytime we got together for a meeting of like a meeting of the minds and let's learn this platform and all this stuff, I would either not show up or I would show up and be like, why am I even here? Like, I don't want to be here. I have no idea what's going on. I'm so confused. And so I had to have this moment of, okay, I'm not honoring my authority. Clearly my authority is telling me that this is not for me. So I'm going to bow out and say no thank you and when i did it was like this huge weight got lifted off my shoulders i often think back on that on what was my sign what was my cue my internal cue that was letting me know this wasn't the right decision for me and so when i have opportunities like that come my way when someone says something and i don't really feel oh i don't really want to say yes i reflect back on that like here's what happened when you said yes when you didn't want to so 
learn your authority. You can learn your strategy of what to respond to. Like for this episode, it was like me responding to this question of like, basically, how do you simplify human design? I'm like, should I do a podcast on this? Yes, this would be like a really good idea. So this kind of started the the process and the words are just flowing out of my mouth. The thoughts are coming. Like I have this really great idea of how to share it. So this is what happens when you lean into that human design type, right? Lean into your authority. So type and authority are really important. And it's important to, like I said, like experiment with it, even sit with it, take one week and like journal on what does it mean to be a projector? How does that feel? How does that show up in your life? What does it mean to be like a sacral generator without that sacral authority? What does it look like when you honor that? What does it look like when you don't honor that? How does it feel for you? So the way for these sacral and ancillary plexus respond to yes, no questions. Splenic is more intuitive. It's a knowing but it's like the sacral and the solar plexus respond to yes no questions so experiment with that have someone if you're trying to figure out if you're new to this a great way to learn about this or experiment with it is through food and drinks right because we all got to eat we all have our favorite foods that we like to eat we all know what we enjoy and so instead of someone saying what should we have for dinner throw out different ideas have someone ask you do you want uh, pizza for dinner? No, like my stomach, my, my sacral in that area, um, my solar plexus, I don't feel it. Do you want Thai food? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so get familiar how your body is communicating with you. So you can take a week on exploring with that. Okay, so we're gonna move on to where other gifts are. And this is the part I freaking love about human design. I think you're selling yourself short when you stop at human design type and authority that might not be a popular opinion (laughs) but that's how i feel like when i do these readings it's like when i dive into it i call it like the little nuggets in your human design like where your gifts are nestled into like the crevices of your human design i feel like that's where like things just make sense and a lot of times with human design it's this recognition and validation of gifts that you have that maybe you didn't realize that you have. So when we look at our human design chart, if you were to pull it up, you would see, you'll see a lot of things because it's like massive. You would see almost like the middle part would be like the side profile of a face. And then you would have triangles and circles and diamond, maybe not circles, but squares, triangles, diamonds, it depends on what where you're bringing up your chart but you do have a mix of shapes in the middle those are your centers and then you have to the right of your chart you have these black squares with symbols that are astrological signs and then numbers which are your gates and so the black squares to the right represent your conscious side so anywhere in your chart where you see one shape connected to another shape or one center connected to another center and there's a line like a black line that connects it that line like a solid filled in line that line is a channel and it's connecting one center to the next and if you look to over to your left you'll see red squares with astrological signs and gates and the red is your unconscious so you can look at your chart where it's red that might be connecting centers you might have a connection or you might have a combination of a center that's half black half red you might have a combination of both black and red together you might have what's called like a hanging channel or a hanging gate where one channel has a gate that's activated and you have a channel that doesn't complete to the other side all i want you to look at with this 
is where in your chart do you have a complete channel that's black? You might not have it, and we'll deal with that in a second, but for simplicity purposes, because I am simplifying human design, where in your chart do you have a center connected to another center with a solid black channel? And the reason why I want to go there is because that is your conscious channel. That is like a conscious channel that's in your conscious design. And so that is what you are aware of. That is what you know to be true. And a lot of times in my experience and in doing readings for other people, it's it just makes sense. Oh my gosh, I never thought, yeah, that's why it's so easy. And usually with these channels, things come so easy to us that we could be teased for it. We could be like, oh my gosh, what are you even doing? And then we create this story. You create the story or this limiting belief that you need to hide that because no one gets you, right? No one understands me and I don't even understand myself while I do this. So I'm going to talk about two channels, defined conscious channels in my chart that I just freaking love. I love my chart. It just makes so much sense to me. So one of them I talk about a lot and I talked about, I think I talked about in the last episode, but I know I've talked about a few times. It's the 1222 channel. And the 1222 channel is the channel of openness. It connects your, your throat center to your solar plexus. So it connects your communication, your voice, like your throat to your emotional center. For me, how that has shown up all of my life is this need to speak my emotions, speak my feelings, let people know if there's anything that's unjust or something that's not that I don't agree with to share that. It can also feel like if I, if there's something going on that I need to talk about and I don't, I feel very, it's pressure. I'm always, I've often said, I feel like I'm going to explode unless I talk about it. Talking is very alchemizing to me, which it can be very alchemizing to a lot of people, but that's how I interpret this channel as well. It's very alchemizing because I'm able to alchemize the feelings around it. Also, what I love about this channel is when I'm saying something and I'm in flow with it, people resonate with what I have to say. And I've been told that time and time again. Like I've heard people say, whether it's like me talking about speech therapy, me talking about human design, like whatever it is, if I have the right audience listening, they're hanging on every word. And so when I found out about that, I'm like, this makes so much sense. Like I used to question should I say something almost question the like my voice my communication and almost wanting to quiet down and not say anything because people felt uncomfortable when I would speak up or there were people who were didn't want me to say anything and so it it got to a point where I would just like have second thoughts on like should I say this and so knowing this in my human design it just made sense I'm like and so now I embrace this gift now I know it is a gift so you better believe I'm going to like speak up and share my thoughts and knowing that this is a gift and I'm going to embody it also in my human design chart just for little shits and giggles the 12 in that channel is my part of my conscious earth sign which kind of plays a really big role it's grounding to my son so it plays a, a a really big role in my theme anyways so it makes sense for me that like i love that that channel shows up very prevalent in my life another conscious channel that i have 
is the 6447. And I believe that channel is the, it's called the channel of abstraction. And this one shows up all the time. And it's also, again, where I'm like, why am I like this? Like, why? So 6447 is all about asking questions and finding answers and, and questions that don't really um, relate or people may not care about it and they may not see the importance, but you feel compelled to know the answer to it. Like I remember reading one of my human design reference books and it says something like the 6447 is explained like <laughs> something to the effect of if a forest, if a tree falls in the forest, is no one to hear it, did it actually fall? And who really cares? Someone with this channel does. <laughs> they want to know. And that's totally me. In when I'm at professional seminar courses, I will be the one that will raise my hand all the time and ask questions. And before I do that, I'll often ask the person next to me and say, what did the presenter say? Or what does she mean by that? And the person next to me would be like, I don't know. And it would always bug me because how do you not know? Like, how are you okay with not knowing? Like, I need to know. So I'll raise my hand and ask the question. And one of three things will happen when I ask that question. One, it's a good timing of that question. And the presenter will say, like, that's a great question that actually is perfect to segue into what we're about to talk about. So I'm going to answer it right now and lean into that. Or I'll get the answer, like, uh, or response. That's a really great question. I've never thought of it that way. Here's my answer. Or, and this has been known to happen, I would get like this look in their face of you're interrupting my flow of my presentation again. You have another question you have to ask. And it happens all the time. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> this is that 6447 I need to know. Or I'll have a conversation with my husband and he, I'll ask him something he's got, it's not relevant. I'm like, it's not relevant to you, but it really helps me understand. Understanding my human design helps me see where that, like, why I'm like that, that 6447. And I'm not going to hide. I'm not gonna be like, oh, crap, should I ask that question? Should I? That's part of my gift. I'm able to understand things in a way that I can explain. I'm able to see connections with things, see, and I had someone point out that out to me recently, how good I am with seeing patterns and seeing connections. And that's that 6447. So knowing that human design, that channel for me really helped me embody my chart a little bit. So where is it that black channel for you? If it if you don't have any black channels and you just have red, then that's just it look up on the you can look you can google on the different charts too or message me I'm happy to do a human design reading as well. But where that red channel is, it just means it's in your unconscious. So you may not be aware of it may not be something that is as salient all that yeah totally get that it might be something where you have to think about a little bit more but where are those channels how are you using those channels how do those channels show up for you what happens when you have used them how can you use them more again experimental experiential how can you lean more into those channels and what do they mean for you so we have human design type authority and channels and the last thing i'm going to say with in regards to simplifying your human design if you notice, I'm not talking about any of the centers. I'm just going to go into just some really easy things to look up. Is your conscious sun? I feel like this is not talked about nearly enough. If you go to human design, Instagram, human design pages and sites, you'll they'll talk about centers. They'll talk about your personality profile. They'll talk about your design type. They'll talk about your authority. Very rarely do they talk about your conscious sun. 
And I would imagine because there's 64 gates, so there's one of 64 options for your conscious son. So in terms of Instagram posts, it's not as easy as doing five posts or the different posts for the personality profiles. But the conscious son is really important. And in my opinion, probably more important than your design type and authority. And the reason for that is your conscious son makes up 70% of your whole entire energy. It is, it like, how you're navigating the world, how you're showing up, your gifts, 70% of that comes from your conscious son. It also is part of your incarnation cross. So your purpose here, your conscious earth is grounding to your conscious son. So be able in order to access your conscious son, you have to almost like master conscious earth. And then once you have those two, it's then it moves on to the unconscious, unconscious earth and son. But those four gates, contribute to your incarnation cross, but it's really that conscious sun that that plays the, the biggest role with it. So I want you to look up the conscious sun. What gate is it? Don't worry about the point. It might be like 32.5 is your conscious sun. Don't worry about the dot number. Just look at what that gate is and how does that show up for you? Again, quick Google search. If you've had a human design reading from me, I go into that depth with the signature human design reading. So you, that would be in your blueprint. But look at that. So for me, my conscious son is gate 11. And gate 11 is also is in my Ajna. It's all about um, ideas and explaining ideas and concepts and um, sharing it with others, which so many aspects in my chart really lean to ideation and ideation whenever i've done uh personality like uh, strengths finders ideation has always come up as like within the top five probably my top two so it's all about ideas explaining concepts and so i'm like oh that makes sense that this is in my conscious like that this is like a huge role so where is that in your chart what center is it in and then just learn it. And again, journal on it. How does it feel to show up in that? What does it mean? What does it look like? What happens when you when you lean into that? For me, it feels really good, like very flowy when I'm explaining concepts that I understand myself and I'm explaining to others. It feels very flowy. It's very magnetic for me. It's very clearing for me and alchemizing. Like I love it. I feel I'm on my element. And my incarnation cross is the incarnation cross of education. So again, teaching concepts. And you'll see that like your conscious son, if you were to explore a little bit more into your incarnation cross, there's a big overlap between incarnation cross and what your conscious son is because it plays that big of a role. So just see what that is for you. Again, stick with it for a week. Embody it. Journal it. What does it look like when you're living it? Don't worry about anything else. Just what does that feel like? To recap the four things, to so simplifying your human design chart, the four things that I suggest starting with is your your type, of course, and then your authority. And if you want to play around with your strategy because they all go together, you can do that. Then your conscious channels, if you have any of those. If not, look at your unconscious, look at your channels and where they are. And then your conscious sun because it plays such a huge role in your energy. And then let me know, how does that feel? Does that feel a little bit more manageable, a little bit more easy, a little bit more flowy with your human design? Does it feel less obligatory? When anything feels obligatory, pressure, our mind is not going to attach value to it. 
we're going to be in resistance, right? We want to be, we want to do things where our mind feels it's possible to do and, and good to have done. And so when we simplify this, your mind is able to then attach interest and, and appeal to it. And then you're able, when you're attached interest and appeal, you're able to like have it stick more, right? Because now your mind is free and clear to be able to attach that. You're not in the survival mode. You're not feeling uh, resistance around it. You're feeling very easy. So let me know how that goes. If you're wanting to learn a little bit more, I have um, a couple things I want to talk to you about. One, I just had a master class, The Shift, which does combine human design. It comes with this really detailed guide to help walk through the human design part. I walk you through some subconscious mind clearing so you can feel free and clear to be able to embody that human design. And that is, you can grab instant access to that. So the link will be in the show notes for that. If you want to just get it, I think it's just $33 to be able to have access to it. If you're ready to go deeper, if you're wanting to, okay, this, I'm ready to just go all in. I want to really learn my human design. I want to really clear a lot of my beliefs. I want, I'm ready to lean into my expansion and my evolution, then I have my signature one-on-one program, Meet Your Edge. And it's a three-part call, where I call them three edges, really detailed. Each one is about 90 minutes long, where we're gonna dive deep into your human design. We're gonna dive deep into your subconscious mind. So at the end of it, you're ready to meet that edge. You're ready to like step over the edge and meet this vision that you have for yourself. Feeling good, feeling free, feeling clear to do that. So that will be in the show notes as well. And of course, if you have any questions, message me on Instagram, happy to answer them. If you have any questions that you would want me to answer on the podcast, I'm happy to do that as well. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I understand how valuable your time is and I'm honored that you spent it with me. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love it if you could leave a five-star rating as well as a review on Apple Podcasts. This just takes a few minutes, but it would mean so much to me as I work to get my message out to the world. And as a thank you for your support, if you screenshot this podcast episode, post it on Instagram stories and tag me at I am Karen Galway, I will send you a free guide to understanding your human design so that you can start living a life by your design. I'll see you on the next episode.